This is Quirky HR, where we break down everything human resources, compliance, and all things employees, while infusing a little bit of foul language and a whole lot of humor. I'm your host, Dana Dowdell, and let's talk HR. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Quirky HR. I'm very excited because Allie is with me today. So if you haven't listened to other episodes, Allie is a human resources consultant on my team, and she is amazing. And and she wrote a really interesting piece for our website about how you can assess the gig economy experience or assess gig economy experience on someone's resume and translate that into really viable experience when assessing someone for a candidate. So Allie, welcome back to Quirky HR. Thank you for having me. (laughs) It's kind of like a forced interview in a way. (laughs) Uh, So this whole topic came out of the struggle that, I mean, I have this struggle when I'm looking at resumes and after the pandemic, so many people, and even during the pandemic, so many people drove for Uber or did DoorDash or, um, what's the grocery store one? Instacart. Instacart. Yeah. So, you know, people were, were really trying to, to manage during the pandemic and, now that we're kind of on the other side of that in a, in a way um, they're putting those things on their resume. And sometimes it's hard to assess how does that experience translate into the, the real world. So do you have any sense of why it's hard to kind of translate that experience? I think it's hard because a, you know, it's not as though you can really like, confirm or have any idea like Instacart, DoorDash, whatever, they're so open. People can be doing it, you know, for like an hour a week, or they can be doing it like full time. Um, They can be doing a really good job or they can be doing a really poor job. And there's really no way for you to know about it and no way for you to actually confirm that they did it at all. So, you know, you think about a more ordinary job on a resume, you know, if you really wanted to, you could call and confirm that they worked there and the work that they did, you know, there's ways to check in. Um, and I think people see Uber or DoorDash and they're like, I don't, I have no concept of this. Like I can't confirm anything about this. Um, and I think there's also still the sense that like, this isn't a real job. Like this is like a side hustle and not, you know, which is kind of silly. Cause if you're making money at it, then it's, a real job. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think there's like a, almost like a stigma attached to it as well. And it's like, Oh, you were working for Uber. Like why couldn't you get a real job? Quote unquote. Do you think it's also because it's not like as HR professionals, I mean, I'm only, I've only ever been a consumer of the service that is Uber or the service that is Instacart. Like we don't know necessarily what goes into the back end, and that's contributing to why it can be so difficult. Yeah, I think, and I wrote about in the blog post because I did Instacart for a little while. And like before I did Instacart for a little while, I was 
avid Instacart consumer. Like I have not stepped foot in a grocery store since 2020, pretty much. Um, and cause I, I hate it. <laughs> um, but you don't really see until I like did it a few times. I didn't really see like, Oh, there's kind of, you know, it's one thing to go to a grocery store for yourself and shop It's another thing to go for another person. Cause like, this is very specific, but you know, the things you need at the grocery store, you know, where to get them and you kind of have your thing mapped out very different when you're getting items from another person and they're getting like weird stuff that you have no idea where to find. And then you have to, you know, sometimes you're doing multiple grocery orders in one and that's hard to organize. And like, then you're dealing with um, replacements and stuff. So it's more than people think it is. And I imagine, you know, for Uber, it's the same kind of thing. You know, you're organizing your time. You're trying to pick the best ride so that you're making the most money and you're interacting with customers and trying to, meet their expectations and, you know, provide a good customer experience that you get a good tip. Like it's, I would equate it to the same kind of work that anyone does in like any service industry. Um, but yeah, I think people don't, you spend such a short amount of time with these people who are your delivery driver, like drivers or driving you in an Uber or a Lyft that I don't think you get an idea of like what actually goes into it on the back end. Mm. And I think there is, to your point, your original point, like there is a little bit of heuristics bias to it where we just kind of assume it is um, gig economy stuff and a side hustle and someone's just trying to pay their credit card down a little faster and that's why they're Ubering or, you know, door dashing. But there are people that make a really good earning on these platforms, right? Yeah, no, and you have to kind of like, if you're really doing it, like, I think you have to be able to like hack the platform almost. And like, if you want to make a really good earning, like, you know, I do know people, you know, especially like in college who had, you know, they had like spreadsheets and it'd be like, these are the best times to like go out or to be a driver or to um, deliver something. And these are the off times. And these are the areas where you need to be to like ensure that you're getting the best orders. And like, like it's, it's a lot if you really want to make like really good money, but you know, you can do it and it can be somebody's job. So, you know, and a lot of people are there, you'll see like Uber drivers also are drivers for Lyft or like they're also door dashers. Sure. So like people find ways to make it work. And the flexibility is the best part about it. I think for people, you know, with like kids or with school, you know, you can't always commit to like even like a part-time job where you'd be doing a similar like serving or working in customer service um so you know there's an appeal to it I think so what are some things that an employer or an HR professional needs to be aware of when assessing someone's gig economy experience on a resume like what actually goes into those jobs that they can translate into a common language for the position that they're recruiting for. Exactly, yeah. I think they're, like I said, you're a consumer. Most people are consumers of these services often enough that they kind of know, you know, what goes into it. But if you really like sit down and think about it, you can think of a list in your head of like tasks that a person would have to do in order to be say an Instacart driver. And I think it comes down to, you know, putting those tasks in your head of like, okay, someone said they drove for Instacart for a year. So that means they, you know, have experience with customer interactions. That means they have experience with managing their time because they time you on Instacart and like all these delivery services to make sure you're doing within a certain time. That means they have um, experience evaluating, um, 
don't know how to say it, but evaluating, you know, their money and evaluating what the best kind of option is for them in order to make the most money. Um, it's like analysis in a way. And, and analysis, it, uh, yeah. Critical exactly. analysis skills. And you have to do it very quickly too, because if you, you know, I remember doing Instacart for a little while, like if you wait, like these things get picked up and you're like, oh, darn. Um, so I think it's about just really, I mean, it's almost too on the, I wish people knew like that we're putting this on their resumes that, it's not sort of, I think it's not sort of enough to write Instacart driver or Uber driver. Like you have to put that in the language that you would a resume in order to get that across. Um, so, but I think people don't know how to do that or don't feel comfortable doing that because they think, you know, oh, well, they're not even going to look at it, my Uber driver experience or whatever. Um, so I think as an HR person, what you have to be able to do is do it, kind of do it for them and have it in your head. Like, okay, these are the things that they would be doing and this is how it relates to you know what they would be doing in the position they're applying for so for the candidate that might be listening you know would you advise them to put that they worked for instacart as an independent contractor and then really list out what they did yeah definitely i don't think it's any different from any other position where you should be you know listing out the tasks that you did in detail and you know not underselling yourself like it's not just I think even if people think it's you know kind of a one-off or whatever it's still work there were still skills that you learned and skills that you had to use and practice in order to do it um and when I was doing research for you know this blog post there are a lot of resources now that like online like articles and stuff that help people put uber into their resume or put instacart or doordash into their resume and make it sound you know resume worthy. <laughs> so I would definitely suggest like, you know, for candidates that, yeah, the easiest way to get people to to see that it was real work is to tell them what you did. Mm. I think too, in a way we need to give people a little bit of grace. Definitely. <laughs> you know what I Like if I, I feel like anybody whose job resume ended in 2020, like there's, that's just a known, you know, they were laid off. Right. So, 100%. right. So it's, it's kind of like, we need to be giving people a little bit more grace when we're assessing their resumes and kind of retooling how we do that. And, you know, I think they say like the average recruiter spends like eight to 10 seconds reviewing a resume. So maybe you spend a little bit more time to really assess it in depth. Right. Yeah. And I would say, you know, this is not the time to be throwing out resumes because, you know, you're just like, ah, they were for Uber. So, you know, that's not real. Throw that out. Like you don't have so many resumes usually for a job now. And like so many people that are valuable and interested that you can afford to be doing that. So, you know, you do have to take a closer look maybe at candidates you wouldn't have beforehand because you don't really have much of a choice. Um, not that you shouldn't have before, but now it's especially important. Yeah, you have to be a little bit more open. I think it yeah. says something too, you know, I know people who got laid off during the pandemic and they they just didn't know what they were going to do. And they tacked, um, tapped into the benefits that were available to them and they kind of reassessed right. career track. And that is what worked for them. And I think for someone that, chose to pursue this entrepreneurial thing, this independent contractor thing in the pandemic, 
says something about them too. That's really positive. Absolutely. There's something to like, if you're going to, like I said, if you're going to make it work, I think you have to work hard. It's not as easy as just, you know, hopping in the car and, you know, you have to be organized about it. Um, And so, yeah, I think it definitely says something about people's ability to be like self-starters and self-motivated because you don't have a boss who's telling you like you have to work these hours, you know, if you want to make money, you have to figure out the hours that work for you. You have to figure out when you're going to make the most money. Um, And yeah, I think it became, you know, again, the flexibility is really valuable for people. I mean, even if you weren't laid off, you know, maybe your kids aren't in school anymore and you couldn't afford childcare because that's really expensive, but this allowed you to be with your kids during the day and, you know, do this at night. Like it speaks to the like, like spirit of people to make it work and to make ends meet. And like, that's an incredibly valuable, like quality in a candidate, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Like just the desire to, in a sense, like hustle, you know, hustle to continue to, to, to make it happen. So exactly. Any parting thoughts on this subject? Anything that we missed? I don't know. I don't know. I would just say, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. You have to give people grace. And I do think, I do think there's just this light, like almost like discrimination against people who do these jobs. Cause they're, you know, people think of it as like something you do if you're like low income, people think of it as a job where you don't have to have a lot of skills and what have you. Um, but I would say it's not like that at all, A, and B, it's not any less skills than if you're hiring somebody who worked at like a Starbucks or worked at a restaurant or worked in any kind of customer service. You know, if you're looking for something to equate it to, I would say equate it to customer service. You mm-hmm. know, when I'm looking at a resume and someone says they work for Instacart or Uber, I think customer service skills, you know, that's yeah. the, the easiest kind of like brain hack. Yeah. And I think focus on what the tasks as a, you know, someone in a recruiting capacity, focus on what the tasks were that they were working on or they were responsible for versus right. where they did them. Yeah. And if you're not sure if they didn't put the job, just ask, like say, Hey, mm-hmm. you worked at Uber, like, what was your experience like, you know, and ask specific questions like, you know, what was your, describe your like best day working for Uber, your best experience serving a customer there. Or, um, you know, what were your, what were your numbers like? Did you get any, you know, they have like these, like almost like records and stuff for these things. Like, did you break any like goals for yourself and do a really, have a really great week or whatever? Like ask the same kinds of questions you would if they were working in a sales or a customer service environment. Mm, That's really good and really helpful information. Allie, thank you so much. You are the best. And I very much appreciate you chatting with me on this subject. No problem. Thank you. 